the Ontario Hockey League has not yet created a North Division is beyond me. Can we call it the Moose Division? That might be appropriate, considering what happened to us on this northern swing over the past week as we traveled with the Kitchener Rangers. But before we get to more of the moose, I've got a plan here, Popper. I have a plan. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, what's your plan? All right. Are you ready for this? You want to hear it right now? Yep. Okay. Sudbury. Wait, hold on. What? Make sure to follow us on Twitter at underscore or at underscore Chris Pope and at Farwell underscore OHL. Subscribe to the Farwell and Pope podcast on iTunes. Make sure to leave us a review and a, a five star ranking or a one star if you hate us. That's fine too. Uh, thanks, Mom. I expect a one star rating from Barry after this, but five stars from the rest of you when you hear about it. And this is the place, right? Because I've spouted off on Twitter about this before, but this is podcast form now. I like it. What do you got? All right, I got this. OHL's new North Division. North Bay. How long have they been back in the league now? Let's make the North Division. That's the catalyst for it. North Bay, Sudbury, Sault Ste. Marie, Saginaw, Barrie. I know Barry's going to hate it. We'll work it out that they maybe only have to travel up three times a year, make it a six-game series against the rest of the North Division, and keep Barry's bonus games in there that they play against the Owen Sound Attack because geographically it works pretty well, okay? But how do you have Saginaw in there and not Flint? Because Flint, my friend, joins the West Division. Welcome to Flint, Windsor, Sarnia, London, Kitchener. I don't hate it, but... A, I feel like it's silly to not have Guelph and Kitchener in the same division. And it's also silly to not have Saginaw and Flint in the same division, considering you can literally skip a rock to either place. So, you continue to have those sort of geographic rivalries. Again, right now, Barry plays Owen Sound a little bit more during the season. Sudbury plays Sault Ste. Marie a little bit more during the season. Flint and Saginaw play for their, I can't remember the name of the cup, between each other. Erie gets a couple of extra games against Niagara because of geographic proximity. Those things can be worked in. You can call them rivalries. You can make a little cup in each division or four different cups per season. Whatever you want, we can work it out schedule-wise. But divisionally speaking, the fact that we do not yet have a northern division in the OHL is just wrong. We can have a rivalry game for the Highway 7 rivalry, but wait till you hear what happens in the central division, and then you you might not miss... Kitchener and Guelph quite so much. I disagree. I'm still going to miss it. Um, And we can have all these rivalry games all we want, NBC, but it still doesn't take away... Then you're losing out. Like, you have teams that always compete in in the OHL, and if you take that Guelph-Kitchener rivalry out, isn't that division with Kitchener, London, so on and so so forth a little stacked? Kitchener, London. Kitchener, London, Windsor, Sarnia, Flint. Why is it? I don't understand. How is it any more stacked than, than the Midwest division is well, I today? Thought, I thought we were trying to get away with that, with realigning with the Northern division. Are we trying to get away with, are we going to deal with some parity? What I'm trying to get away from is a league that geographically just doesn't make a lot of sense. The, there are four teams that are a gimme for the North division. There really are. Since North Bay came back into the league, North Bay, Sudbury, Sault Ste. Marie, Saginaw make abundant sense. The, the only problem has been, and there will continue to be resistance to, that fifth team. Yeah. Who do you chuck in there? I don't know. <laughs> I'm chucking in Barry. Believe you me, this is why it's never passed at the Board of Governors because they're squawking. Then nobody can agree. But at some point, we're going to have to sit back at the table and decide what's best for the league. And I truly believe a Northern Division 
just makes sense. So you get Barrie, Sudbury, North Bay, Sault Ste. Marie, Sag. Bring it around the west, Flint, Windsor, Sarnia, London, Kitch. Okay, next. Central. Owen Sound, Guelph. Keep that rivalry, which right now, I would say, the Highway 6 rivalry, even better than the Highway 7. That's just my opinion. However, Owen Sound, Guelph, Erie, Niagara, Hamilton. That's your new central division, my friend. Uh, you don't hate it. Okay. Okay. And then you've got your east. I don't like it. But you Carry don't hate on. it. Okay. And then your east division, Mississauga, Peterborough. Ottawa, Kingston. And Oshawa. And Oshawa. So there you go. Is it perfect? No. Is it better than what we've got right now geographically? I believe it is. I don't hate it. I just don't think it makes much sense for Kitchener and Guelph to be in separate divisions. And, I mean, I know they're not exactly close, but can't we keep all the states, the state teams in the same division? Well, no, that's the problem. The Erie is so far removed from Saginaw and Flint that it makes more sense to have them in a division with Niagara Niagara and Hamilton, Hamilton, right? Because geographically, and that's what we're going for here. Again, I don't think you're ever going to have something perfect, but with the North the way that it is right now, four teams without question as Northern teams in this Ontario Hockey League, they ought to be grouped together. You just got to find that fifth one to throw in, and I'm sorry, Barry, but it's you. And I believe, I really do, that you can monkey with your 68-game schedule and put in these games like Kitchener-Guelph, like Flint-Saginaw, those sorts of Peterborough-Oshawa. Well, they'll, they'll be in a division anyway. Don't you really think, even as it stands today, the eight games per season against divisional teams is a little bit much? Uh, 100%. But it's what it's obviously to lim- limit geography, limit travel, and to create those rivalries. And I think that's what this league thrives on. I think that's what most leagues do thrive on, and new rivalries will emerge for sure. And if you cut down to even a maximum of six, maybe some in some cases even four, you sprinkle some other games in, so you get a Kitchener-Guelph. You get a, a London-Guelph or Owen, yeah. whatever, right? And you can you can monkey with this a little bit more. I, and I know the schedule is such a pain in the butt. Like, I, I, I feel really bad for the schedule makers because it's never going to satisfy everybody. It, it, it could be worse. You could be doing it for either one of the other CHL leagues. Um, but I, I, the main thing to me is you can't put Flint and Saginaw in separate divisions. You're trying to grow the league in two places in the States, and they, they're an hour away from one another or whatever it is. You can't have that rivalry just away. And you, I'm sorry, you, you can't just be like, oh, you get to play each other six times this year just because you're close. Well, if they're close, then they should be in the same division. You can no more separate Flint and Saginaw, though I'm advocating that, then you can Sudbury and North Bay from Saginaw on the Sioux. You can't do it, Chris. You can't. I'm with you. Okay. I'm totally with you. I like the idea of a northern division. I just don't think Saginaw should be in it. I'm all for Barry being in it. I I like Barry in it more than I like Saginaw. Well, then what are you going to do if you take Saginaw out? Well, I don't know. I haven't thought this through. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have. So email your suggestions to Mike at 570news.com. And don't forget, in your review of this podcast and this episode particularly, you just give me five stars because you know this is brilliant. Yeah, and how do I, who do I talk to about getting my own email? I want, like, pulp at 570news.com. I'm sure we can make that happen. Yeah? Absolutely. You think Rogers is going to pay for me to have an email address? I think Rogers has one thing and a lot of it. Time? Money. <laughs> oh, 
Okay. Okay. Uh, hold on. Should we keep doing this? There's a cop behind us. Yeah, you know what? I saw him as we passed him, but I think this is perfectly legal. We are uh, en route home from Owen Sound. You're driving, but hands I'm... Hands-free. I am hands-free. Well, right no, no. Now. You are hands on the wheel is what you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm holding the recording device and, and passing it back and forth. I think we are perfectly clear in uh, violation of zero traffic laws. Uh, Chief Larkin, this was Mike Farwell's idea. And if we are breaking the law, please forward all emails to mike at 570news.com. Or pope at 570news.com, <laughs> even though that email does not yet exist. In fact, send them all there so they bounce back. Waterloo Regional Police Chief Brian Larkin, who's a big fan of junior hockey, having once been the chief, of course, in Guelph as well. Okay, since you brought it up earlier, Chris, calling the Northern Division the Moose Division, and since you had a much better view of it, let's literally take fans on the road with the hockey club. We are traveling late on a Thursday night between North Bay and Sudbury, and... So we're driving on the road. First of all, I think we're taking them on the road right now because we're virtually on the road. And in the cases where we travel with the team, yes, we ride the team bus. So Farwell and I share a bank, and I'm in the aisle. Farwell's squeezed up against the window because I'm a large human being. And we start hearing noises from the front of the bus. It's head trainer Dan Liebold yelling, whoa, whoa, whoa. Next thing you know, I peek out down the, the windshield, staring dead on with a moose. Two mooses? Moose? Meese. Meese. Moose. It's moose. Two moose crossing the road. Luckily, our bus driver, Mike, who's now affectionately known as Moose, dodged them both because of the eagle eye that is Dan Liebold and we just missed this but this is the very first time I ever saw a moose in real life my now deceased grandfather used to live out in New Brunswick he would always say how the moose came up to his place in the morning and he would he would always say he went out and had a coffee with his girlfriends and they were the moose that would show up to his property every morning and I used to just rib them all the time about what are you talking about these moose I've never seen one in real life of course six months after he passes away now it come, or a couple months after he passed away. Now it comes out, I finally see a moose, so I think that's him letting us know that they do exist. So from my perspective, as you mentioned, I'm in the window seat, so I can't see out the front window like you can leaning into the aisle. I hear the whoa, whoa, whoa from the front of the bus. I've got my glasses on at the time. I'm probably doing a crossword puzzle or something else to pass the time, and I use those so I can see up close, so I can't even really see much further than my hand because everything gets blurry at that point. But I hear the whoa, 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 I feel the brakes get applied heavily and the bus start to swerve. But the thing that really got me was the noise. And the noise that I heard, I thought, was already the bus into the bush. It's <laughs> scraping branches of trees. What I realized later, after the panic had left my body, is that the sounds I was hearing were just garbage bags and bottles and whatnot. Plastic bottles, I mean, of course flying up from the back of the bus towards the front of the bus. But I thought that was the sound of the bus into the ditch, into the brush. We're already off the road. Goodness gracious, life has been good. The trials and tribulations of being on the road up north. I thought it was awesome. I hope we get to see a few more mice. Moose. That was enough for me, and uh, I'm good. I'm glad we're here. Congrat uh, with plenty of thanks to our bus driver, coach operator, Mike, a.k.a. Moose. Moose. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that, that was that was not at all the worst part of the trip, though. Well, what was the worst part of the trip? Uh, everything that I did, I feel away from the microphone. 
You mean everything you didn't do. You were a hot mess on this roadie. I don't even think it was a hot mess. I realized when we got on, I looked at the uh, weather forecast for up north and it looked warm. Can I just say, please, you were going to northern Ontario. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. North yeah. Bay. <laughs> and I thought, well, the forecast looks warm. I won't need a jacket. I'll be wearing a suit jacket most of the time. And then it was cold, so I didn't bring a jacket. I uh, couldn't find my toque at one point. And sitting down on the bus, I ripped my dress pants on the seat handle. I left my book in Sault Ste. Marie next to the bed. Uh, I left our our wireless microphone we use for post-game, the cord that keeps the power on to the box up where you are. I left that in Sault Ste. Marie. Shout out, Jerry. Thank you very much for shipping it back. Um, what else did I forget? Your headphones. Oh, yeah. I forgot my headphones. I, I, that was I had to buy an $8 pair of crappy headphones that make your ears itch, which is never fun. Um, it was a it was a fun little road trip that I definitely uh, got through by the, you know, skin on my or the hair on my butt. Yeah, the skin on your head. Yeah, yeah. The hair on my chinny chin chin. The uh, road trip for us ended in Sudbury, which is a market that's a very interesting story right now in the Ontario Hockey League, and quite frankly, for me, lends more weight to my idea of a northern division, but more on the Sudbury market in just a second. We had a a pretty neat Sunday morning before the game at 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon up at the old Sudbury Arena. Uh, You described it as being a little bit old school because I was wearing my 1960s chapeau and we were all suited up walking to the rink from the hotel. I I love the old school chapeau. I have a couple myself, but just the down or that feel around the rink, it's not really built up and it's not really... um Revolutionized, is that a word? It, it looks very old school. So walking down there, and the arena's very hard knocks. I walked by and I said to you, I said, it just feels like the Sudbury Wolves should have a tough team. Because it reminded me of like Slapshot. That's what it looked like. And then we go into this weird looking cafe, The Rock, and it was great coffee. We had a nice little uh, morning muffin and coffee after we walked a weird tunnel across from the hotel where we saw one of the greatest graffiti arts I've ever seen where it said I talked to the devil in Sudbury and he said it will all be fine. I have no idea what that means but it was awesome. It was fine for the Wolves that afternoon when they beat the Rangers but yeah, it was pretty cool that tunnel that took us uh, under some railroad tracks and popped us up right out uh, in downtown Sudbury and yeah, that little stop at the coffee shop was neat. We chatted with a couple of locals about the hockey team and then got our coffee in us and off to the rink we went. Walked down Minto Street. Minto's where I grew up. It was a little throwback to the mean streets of Pompton. That's like Compton, but Palmerston. Palmerston. We called it Pompton because it's mean streets. Thugonomics. So we had <laughs> intended on catching up with Dario Zulich, the new owner of the Sudbury Wolves. Unfortunately, that just didn't work out with schedules, but... It's been an it's an interesting era right now in Sudbury. The Burgess family, of course, had owned the team for decades. And quite frankly, I'm not telling tales out of school when I say this. The city and the fan base had had enough. They were ready for the Burgess family to move on from this franchise. And it was with, I think it's fair to say too, great fanfare that Dario Zulich, who is a local boy and comes from a family that's made its money in the community via construction and development, Uh, they were very happy to have him take over the team. 
and he's a really interesting owner. Hands-on guy, uh, is well-known for... I shouldn't even say it that way. Hands-on insofar as he really seems to care about the franchise. It's not as though he's getting his fingers into the hockey operations pie. No, and, and even doing our research in anticipation of this interview with Dario, um, ahead of the game, it seemed he says, he's like, I don't know hockey. I just love the franchise and the city, and he wants to bring more people to Sudbury, build a better arena with a casino obviously coming to town. He wants to incorporate that. And he just loves the city so he says he's going to hire the right people to manage hockey he says I don't know what makes a good hockey team I don't know what makes a good franchise he just wants to do well by the city and you can see from any article that you google search Dario, Dario Zulich you know the, the, the city of Sudbury speaks very highly of him uh, he's a very much a people person walking around shaking hands kissing babies that kind of thing and uh, anyone who's going to do good by Sudbury somebody obviously the people of Sudbury are going to uh, feel happy about because they're very passionate about their city and when the team's doing well at least they're wolves you can pick Dario out of a crowd by his white dress shirt and jeans that's his classic pretty much everyday look you you describe it very well he's very much that people person walking around shaking everybody's hand and kissing every baby in sight and also you'll find him at the rink for wolves games but he won't be sitting in a an office a broadcast location away from the fans in a box he will be sitting in the stands. He buys a ticket for every game, sits in a different section around the old Sudbury Arena, which, by the way, shout out to the portrait of the Queen. I love that in the Northern Arenas. They've got one in North Bay as well. Uh, but he just, he's very much experiencing what a fan experiences, and they're looking forward to, according to the uh, latest reports we had in the paper while we were up in Sudbury, uh, 2020 is the proposed opening of this new arena. And Dario, if you're listening by chance, I'm sure we'll get you on at some point. Um, feel free to come down to Kitchener anytime. My only request for the new arena when it is erected in Sudbury, please keep the stuffed taxidermist wolf that they run along a cord every time, or when the Wolves score the first goal of the game, at least, uh, when we were up there. I absolutely love it, but let's get it to go the length of the ice and maybe have light up red eyes or something. Like laser beams, that would be sweet. Could we make it go faster too? Because it moves like it's as old as the arena, which is built in 1951. If you're trying to picture this and have never been to Sudbury, remember when your mother used to ask you to take the wash off the line and it would be at the far end and you would wheel it back? That, but a stuffed wolf. Actually. So the debate right now in Sudbury is whether or not this casino that you mentioned, Popper, is going to be a part of this new sports and entertainment facility. I suspect that it will be, but as with any community, the community that tries to put in uh, a casino, there is some opposition to it. We'll see what ends up happening. There are also high hopes for welcoming a basketball franchise to play out of this new arena facility too. And one of the other big parts of this, and if you followed the story at all last year, it was a long and somewhat divisive debate at council whether or not this arena should go downtown or I'm sorry I can't remember the name of the subdivision or the area where it is ultimately going to go but it ain't downtown so you'll have hockey you'll have basketball you'll likely have a casino and you will also have a pretty good entertainment facility for that part of northern Ontario it's and it seems like it is going to go in that new development I I would have been more apt for it to be downtown I loved the attitude of downtown just that 
grittiness. And you walk down there to play a hockey game and you go up, and I, I really think Sudbury should have a tough team. It's a tough town. And you walk in there, it just feels mean. You walk into that the Sudbury Arena right now. One, I love that it's called the Sudbury Arena. Two, you, you walk in there, you're like, there have been some, some cuts and some bruises in this arena before. The uh, Sudbury Arena is also known by some as the Odd of the North. If you look at the cornerstone built in 1951, which is the same year that the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium was erected, uh, dare I say, and you can call me biased if you want to, but it seems as though the Memorial Auditorium in Kitchener has aged a little bit better. There's a new one that's going to have to be built at some point, but they're certainly in much more dire need up in Sudbury for replacing that aging arena. It's another low roof, though, like like in Owen Sound, so it makes it seem like everybody is right on top of you. And uh, speaking of on top of you, the staircases there are a little scary, and when you climb up uh, after someone, they are literally right on top of you uh, because they are so on such an incline. It's a little scary. Look no further than our Twitter accounts, at underscore Farwell08, or at underscore Chris Pope, and at Farwell underscore OHL. I don't believe they know in Sudbury what stairs are. I call them ladders because of the incline. It's pretty It's pretty much straight up. So you just mentioned uh, Owen Sound again, Chris, and having gone through North Bay, Sault Ste. Marie, and Sudbury in one weekend, we mentioned earlier already on this episode that we're en route home from Owen Sound where the Rangers and Attack have just played a midweek game. It was a Wednesday night up at the Bay Shore, And we decided for this week's podcast guest to bring you one of the real characters in this league. One of the people that, uh, for the record, I have no idea where we are. I missed my cutoff, so just bear with me as I continue to drive while doing this. Um, But one of the characters that continues to keep us media people at bay and happy and and knows the, the key to someone's heart, and that would be the stomach for us males. Somebody who's working the media room at the Harry Lumley Bayshore Community Center Bernice, she's been doing it for years and was honored for her longevity last year, Mike. Yeah, she was. And and Bernice is one of the characters you'll meet in this game. And I mean that in, in the nicest way. There, there are a couple of ladies, uh, also elderly ladies, who sit in the media room in Sault Ste. Marie. And the minute, the minute you walk through that door, they offer you some soup. Would you like some soup? And... Most people take them up on it, depending on what the soup of the day is. What? There are people who actually say no. It's fantastic every time. And they deliver it right to your table. And who says no to lovely elderly women? If you are a media member and you say no, smarten up. Know your role. Eat the soup. So we've been able to enjoy the hospitality of Bernice for many, many years. How many exactly? Well, you're about to find out as we bring you one of the great characters in the game across the Ontario Hockey League. When you visit the media room in Owen Sound, you also visit Bernice. How long is it now, Bernice, that you've been working here at the Bayshore? I've been here 51 years, in October the 15th. Now, when you first started, what were you doing then and what have you started doing now? I was, I worked in the snack bar at, at the old arena down at where Metro is now, grocery store downtown. I started there in 1965. And what, what led you to, uh, <laughs> even the regulars know you, Bernice, we get some people <laughs> yes, walking by us. Yes, they what, do. What, what led you to uh, wanting to start working at the canteen downtown at the I, old arena? <clears throat> I went to the University of Guelph and took a food course. Uh, and my dad said, well, if you want to be a nurse, you better 
you better go to school and learn something. So I thought, well, I'll just go down to Guelph University and become a, a manager. And what did you do when you left Guelph University? Is that what you started that's what, doing? That's what I did. I, put, I was interviewed at City Hall and got the job. Are you a lifelong mm-hmm. Owen Sound resident? No, I was born and raised on a farm in Katy. In Katy? In Katy. Okay, where's yes. that? Just, um, just south of here. <clears throat> Half an hour from Owen Sound. Yeah, okay. It so has, I'm not far from home. <laughs> it has the arena I was telling Mike about earlier, where there's a, there's a washroom in the lobby where there's just a stall. It's just a stall door. Well, there used to be school there. Oh, did there? Yes, that was the school. Okay. Did you ever play any hockey yourself when you were younger? Yes, I played goal for the girls' hockey club. In high school. In high school? Yes. Yeah. What do you remember from playing hockey at the high school? One young lady used to skate up on top of me, like she read right on my skates. I have so many cuts in my skates. <laughs> <laughs> she was really rough. The padding was a little different back then, yes. I think. Yes, but I'll say her name. <laughs> she might come after me. <laughs> How, when you first came to Owen Sound, what led you up here? Well, my husband. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, a young, young man from Katy. <laughs> and what did and he, he was, do? He was working at Harper's store, bookkeeper in Harper's store. Oh, at the Harper's. Yeah, Christie Brothers. So, is it important for you to stay involved with hockey? I love hockey. I love people. I really love working with people. Yes. Is that what got you to to come to the the attack and work downtown at the old arena and follow them here, or what? What keeps you going after all these years? You don't need to be doing this, I'm sure. I, no, I, I I really don't. But I, I'm not one to sit. I love to help people. I have five volunteer jobs. What else do you do? I'm painting, maintenance and painting at the Festival of the Lights. I work at Grey Roots and the old log house. Um, I teach Sunday school. I make quilts every Monday, Bible class every Tuesday, sandwiches on Thursday. <laughs> that's how you stay <laughs> so young. And that's not all. <laughs> I volunteer for other things too. If anybody, anybody wants to volunteer, I'll be there. I remember a time when we were up here and your granddaughter was helping you out and she had made some special snacks that day, but it's become a little bit of a family affair for you. Do the, do the grandkids help out once she, in a while? Um, well, she's married now. She's, she's a nurse. She's married now and has a little baby of her own, and she has to do her own thing. <laughs> Grandma has to do her own cooking. <laughs> you, you mentioned volunteering. The, the town of Owen Sound is a very tight-knit town. It seems yes, like it everybody is. knows everybody. How important do you think giving back to the, or how important do you think the people of Owen Sound are to this community? Well, I love to give back, and I'm sure that the people enjoy things I help, try to help them to do. Now, when you talk about that old arena where you started, that was a different Owen Sound team. These are the Owen Sound attack. We had the Owen Sound Platers up here at yes. one time. I worked for the Mercury's and the Grays. There you go. So you've been through all of the teams. I have. <laughs> I've seen many, many things. Circus, rollerblading, roller skating, hockey, uh, science fairs, just a lot of stuff. How important do you think the, the attack hockey team is to Owen Sound? Oh, they are very important to Owen Sound. Everybody loves them. They're, they're really, really nice boys. Last year, when we were here, you were recognized for 50 years of service. Now, as you mentioned, 51. But how did that work out? Did you get a phone call and say, Bernice, we'd like you no, to... No, it what was happened? a surprise. Oh, was it? I walked in, and he said to me, can I talk to you? I said, Who's yes, that? of course Who's, you can. Who said this? Um, Sean. Sean, okay. And so 
he said, we have a surprise. And we walked up the hall into the, the media room. And there was this huge cake. <laughs> it says, congratulations, Bernice. I thought, why? Am I done? <laughs> Is it my birthday? No. <laughs> I, and so I saw what was on the cake. But the plaque was beautiful plaque. You, you mentioned, "Am I done?" Do you think do you think you'll ever give it up, or do you think you're a lifer here at the Bayshore? They'll probably have to carry me out of here <laughs> <laughs> on a chair. <laughs> Who, who's the best media team that you see coming? Obviously, you know there's better hair in the league than Mike and I. But are there any guys that you don't like? <laughs> you can say, "Oh, I, it's okay." Yeah. No, I'm oh. just kidding. <laughs> No, I don't want to say that. They're, they're all good people. I get along with everybody. That's that's the way it should be. What made the media room a place that you ended up? Is it because you can associate with people that you like so much? Yes. Well, I've worked in many rooms here. Yeah. I've been in dressing rooms, pool rooms. I've been in, I think, just about every room in the place. What kept you in Owen Sound? Obviously, you came up here for your, for your husband and Katie and whatnot, and you know you know a lot of people around here. But what kept you in Owen Sound? Well, I guess I, I had my two children and sent them to school here, and they both have, are educated. So, yes. And and, on, and, and and of course the people I like everybody in Owen Sound. Yeah. I worked at the RBW too when I was sixteen. It's a printing place. Oh, okay. Yeah. When you were recognized last year on 50 Years, you got to drop the puck before the game. How did that feel out there in front of 3,000 of your best friends? I, well, I actually dropped it before I was supposed to, which was <laughs> the right thing to do. But, yes, it was, it was exciting. Were you nervous? No. No? Were your no. kids here? No. No? Where they are, are they now? She, well, my daughter was in Australia, and my son was in Toronto visiting his son because we, oh, well, okay. we didn't know anything about it. Right, right. So, but there are videos, we've got pictures, we've got a lot of things. Now, is your daughter still in Australia? No, she's home. She lives in Old Sound. Oh, oh does she? She's yeah. an Old Sounder too? Yes, yeah, she is. is so it's my son. Is it an Old Sounder or is it an Old Soundite or what is it? Old Sounder. <laughs> Bernice, it's always fun for us to get up here and see you, especially in the media room. So thank you for all you've done and taking such good care of us. Thank you so much. I love you. And do you <laughs> mean, lastly, do you recommend the muffins, donuts, or cookies? None for me. They're all, too, they're all too sweet. They're for you sweet guys. Forget Bernice. I think her name should be Bernice. Oh, I see what you did there. That's one of your better ones. I'll give you that. Yeah? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we talked about, before the, the quick interview with Bernice, we talked about the elderly older or the elderly women around the Ontario Hockey League, and we mentioned Sault Ste. Marie, but we should mention as well the lovely ladies in Windsor who provide one of the best spreads in the Ontario Hockey League. And one of them, again, is a member who's been on this podcast, Warren Reichel, his mother, and they do a fantastic job. And I love the fact that they still make a plate up for Bundy to take to him in his office. Shout out to Mrs. Reichel for all of the great food and hospitality there in Windsor. Uh, There will be more characters to talk about as we move along with the Farwell and Pope podcast and kind of bring you on the road with us and behind the scenes in the OHL. we got a couple in Kitchener, Cody Malone, Shout out to Mayday, as his nickname is a beauty in Kitchener. And Coach Jerry Harrigan, who I think at some point has to be on this podcast, former coach of the Owen Sound, were they the Platers at the time? I think they were. He, he was a, you know, he's been a coach in, in various levels of hockey for a long time. We always see him in the media room in Kitch, too. He's coached uh, our uh, Team Ontario under 17 numerous times. 
He's in the. He's. I think he's honestly won. I'm not kidding. Six Sutherland Cups. He's in the Waterloo Hockey Hall of Fame. He's got to be on the podcast at some point. And I, I just wanted to point out. I really love the the stretch of the Farwell and Pope podcast in the sense that we've brought you Don Cameron and Fred Wallace, two longtime broadcasters in this league. We've brought you NHL players now coming back to the Ontario Hockey League. And then we bring you a woman like Bernice, who you may not ever run into if you're not a media member in this league, but someone who has been around for 51 years. That's insane. I, I really like that we've we find the or that we've have have been lucky enough to have the people that are integrated with this league at all levels really allow us to bring them on this podcast. And it's not just the former NHLers. Sure, those are great. And, you know, they always have fun stories and not and whatnot, but it's the people that are behind the scenes and people that are integrated with this great league that make it running when those NHLers move on to the next level, like in Kitchener, Pete DeBoer and Steve Spot, when they, you know, go on to the NHL, when former players go move forward. It, it's those people that have been around the league that live and breathe this league that continue to make it what it is, and that is the greatest hockey league in the world. We also brought you our quarter poll thoughts at the one-quarter mark of the season. Talked about a number of things there around the game. I may have complained a little bit about the way the league or some of the franchises in the league handle the three stars and something that the league may want to think about just so that, you know, reconsider how they do it so that fans don't feel as though they're somehow being ripped off when it comes to awarding three stars in the game. And right now I'm going to bring you the Sarnia Sting, you can have your 14-game winning streak. The Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, having just seen them for the second time this season, are hands down, in my opinion, the team to beat in, if not just the Western Conference, perhaps the entire Ontario Hockey League. We've seen Barry uh, in the East as well. In the absence of a kid by the name of Svechnikov, it was a slightly different Barry team. Good club up there. I love the way Howard Chuck previous guest has them playing but honest to goodness if if you have not yet seen the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds play this season buy a ticket when they're in your city or if you're in the Sioux listening shout out Northern Superior Brewing also a former guest on this show go see your Greyhounds they're pretty awesome and it really shows you mentioned those two teams Barry and Sault Ste. Marie and they really embody what the new OHL and the new hockey world is and that is wave after wave of speed this game is so fast. And I say it's the greatest hockey league in the world because you can pay 20 bucks to go see these kids that are going to dominate and be stars in the Ontario Hockey League or the National Hockey League in years to come and charge $200 a ticket in Toronto. But the speed that both the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds and the Barry Colts specifically bring on a night-to-night basis is just its magnificent to watch. Four straight games on the road. We've had the glamorous outposts of North Bay, Sault Ste. Marie and Sudbury. This midweek game in Owen Sound, we're finally coming back home. And I did it all without a winter jacket. Don't even talk to me about that. Honestly, next time we go north, bring a ding-dang jacket. What's the matter with you? We don't have to go north anymore. It's all just southern temperatures of southwestern Ontario. I'm Farwell. I'm Pope. And this is the Farwell and Pope Podcast. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, 
almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.